A new study has uncovered that the number of children and youth going to the emergency room for suicide attempts has doubled. We'll bring you the shocking statistics. Also, a new Instagram account is putting hipster pastor fashion under the microscope. And the Utah Jazz's Kyle Korver has written a powerful essay on white privilege. We have it all next. This is Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Cameron Strang. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Those stories are coming up, but first I want to take a few seconds to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with Squarespace. They have award-winning templates, customizable settings, even powerful e-commerce solutions, all without a single plugin. And right now, Squarespace is offering Relevant Daily listeners a special deal. Head over to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. When you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I've used Squarespace for years. You'll love it. Check it out. Squarespace.com slash relevant. Okay. To tell us about those stories, here's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Tyler. All right. So this first story is about this study that comes to us from the National Hospital Ambulatory Medical Care Survey. And they did an analysis of all child trips to the emergency room in the United States that took place between 2007 and 2015 and found that in that time, the number had doubled. Uh, In this case, children refers to people between the ages of 5 and 18. In 2007, ERs received 580,000 such cases. In 2015, that number was at 1.12 million. So that accounts for 3.5% of all pediatric visits in the United States. And even experts who are aware that these numbers had been climbing, that that suicide uh, attempts and suicidal ideation are on the rise in the States, were very surprised at just how dramatic the findings of this particular study were. Did, did they say why the numbers are climbing so much? Well, they can kind of hazard a guess at it, but like with uh, with a lot of surveys and research going on around suicide right now, it's multifarious and it's a little bit hard to pin down. Uh, it's true that kids today report increased pressure to succeed in ways that kids in their early aughts did not. They're much more stressed about grades. They're even more stressed about their future careers than kids were back in 2005. And then a lot of people also point to the rise in bullying, especially cyberbullying. Almost 60% of American kids have reported being victims of cyberbullying at some point. Experts think that probably factors in, but there's no one silver bullet here. We, we don't know what the exact cause of the rise of suicide is. And so that's very obviously frightening for a lot of people, especially for parents of young kids right now who want to try to help their kid do well and have healthy self-esteem, but aren't necessarily sure where to start trying to fix this trend. I and probably all of our listeners are still fixated on the fact that you just said silver bullet about this information. <laughs> Poor choice of words. I hey, apologize. What, what, what's being done uh, to stop this? Is there anything that uh, can come out of this that could be positive? Well, and there is definitely a need for more child psychiatrists. And right now there is a shortage of them in the U.S. There is about uh, 17 child psychologists for every 100,000 kids. Uh, That means longer wait times for parents who want to get their kid into a psychiatrist. So that could be something that would definitely help. And if we could put a little more money, a little more research towards funding more child psychiatrist programs, that would be a a step in the right direction. And that's something that apparently the people behind this study are advocating as a good next step. 
So, uh, tell everybody about this Instagram account that I am getting phone calls about every night. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were getting phone calls Dude, about it. <laughs> from the people on the account. From sure. the, oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, what you've probably you're you're well aware of it, but just to catch up the readers who are not aware of it, Preachers and Sneakers is a brand new Instagram account launched last week, and as of this recording, already has seventy seven thousand followers. Um, whoever runs it, they're staying sort of anonymous ish for the time being, but they've given a few uh, a, a few kind of anonymous interviews to different outlets here and there. Basically, what they do is they take some of the the cool pastors, the celeb pastors, the hype priests, as they call them in the media, and they break down the cost of various clothing items from uh, very fancy high-end sneakers from places like Fear of God, uh, some very rare Nikes, and sometimes also their track pants and t-shirts they got from Gucci and things like that. Um, according to BuzzFeed News, the guy who's running this account calls himself Tyler. No relation as far as I know. Tyler, uh, he doesn't sound nearly as savage as people might think. Uh, he said, and this is a quote, I started questioning myself what is okay as far as optics, as far as pastors wearing hype or designer clothing. I don't have an answer. I'm just saying that people in church should at least be asking the question. So Chad Veach, uh, one of the pastors who had been put on blast uh, in this Instagram account, actually reached out. He hopped into Preachers and Sneakers DMs and explained that he hadn't actually paid for any of the clothing that he was wearing. These were all gifts from the designer himself. Uh, the owner of the account took a screenshot of that and posted that to Instagram too. So, uh, you know, it raises a lot of interesting ethical questions on, uh, it's happened on our own relevant accounts on, on our site around our offices and apparently Cameron on your phone too. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, definitely something that if, if, Tyler, the creator's uh, <laughs> impetus was uh, to start a conversation. He's succeeded. And it's a conversation yeah. we'll be having on the relevant podcast uh, tomorrow, um, as well as, you know, uh, uh, you know, other other ways that we're going to kind of tackle this as well. It's been interesting. It's really been interesting. It What started probably as a little satire and lampooning, um, I think, um, unearthed a much more significant conversation that it is good that we're all having. A, a side note that I did think was interesting is that the the poster, we'll call him Tyler for the time being, Tyler the Creator, uh, is putting the is putting the the resale value, the markup value of the sh of the shoes and the clothes that he's posting, not the actual street value, what they would actually have been retailed at when they first dropped. Yeah. So it is a little more dramatic than what the actual prices that you'd be seeing. Not necessarily a huge markup, but it definitely uh, adds to the effect of how expensive expensive these are in ways that they may not that these pastors may not have actually paid for even if they weren't gifts i mean it is a fair point to ask i mean the i yeah. have a pair of uh, nike jordans that i bought quickly you know like one of those mm. like dro drops i actually got it i paid a hundred dollars for the or 110 dollars for these nikes and if i was to go to that site that they uh cite stock x or whatever uh, they're worth like four hundred dollars. Right. I didn't pay that. I would never right. pay that. But on the you know global resale market, some idiot out there did. You know, mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah. um, so the question really is is like, okay, well, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about the flashiness? Are we talking about the wasteful money? Because then mm -hmm. the I got it for free thing factors in. Is it what does it say? What you know, like there's a whole lot of questions right. and layers to this conversation, and I'm glad we're having it. Uh, I think it can ultimately become fruitful for the larger body of Christ and I think it'll be a good thing and hopefully we'll be able to navigate these conversations on our platform in a fruitful manner so yeah all right yeah. tell us about uh, Kyle Corver who apparently is still in the NBA 
I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Kyle's a friend of friends and friends of the show. Kyle's a great guy. He's an outspoken Christian and he's a, he's a veteran. Let's just put it that way. He's a veteran NBA player and he posted something online today that's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. And, and speaking of fruitful conversations, I thought he, he navigated this very uh, a difficult one very, very well in this essay that he wrote. So he was inspired after the recent incident, which we discussed here on this podcast uh, that took place with Russell Westbrook when there was an altercation with a fan during a game. The fan shouted some, uh, some racist taunts at him. He ended up being objected and banned for life. And this apparently inspired Kyle Korver to do a little bit of soul searching. Uh, he wrote about a recent incident in which he, which he discovered that a friend and a teammate had gotten his leg broken after being arrested. And uh, the friend was eventually cleared of all the charges, but Kyle said he remembered initially assuming that his friend was in the wrong. And he just used that as, that as sort of an example of the ways that we tend to default to uh, how we think about these things, especially when there's race involved. We assume the worst in other people uh, before we know all the facts. He wrote, and this is a quote from the essay, he said, I know that as a white man, I have to hold my fellow white men accountable. We all have to hold each other accountable and we all have to be accountable, period. Not just for our own actions, but also for the ways that our inaction can create a safe space for toxic behavior. As white people, are we guilty for the sins of our forefathers? No, I don't think so. But are we responsible for them? Yes, I believe we are. Um, so surprisingly forceful and, and thoughtful and, and very eloquent essay that, that he put up that I hope uh, adds a little bit of nuance to a conversation like this that is very often lacking it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Tyler. Hey, everyone, to read more about those stories and everything else we covered today, uh, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. It's all there on the front page. Also, make sure to follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter at Relevant or on Facebook and we're on Instagram at Relevant Magazine. Uh, we, have, we have not yet been tagged on Preachers and Sneakers. <laughs> also, don't forget to subscribe to our print magazine and our other podcast wherever you get uh, this show. Search for Relevant. You'll find everything else we're up to. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Relevant Daily. We'll be here every weekday bringing you the latest at faith and culture. We'll see you tomorrow. Relevant Daily.